Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. don't teach them when they're little to respect when you speak they're not going to listen later on because they don't have that respect for you we are raising children today in a very different world to what it was when we were raised and now more than ever we need to learn from others on how to do it more effectively my wife kate and myself brett ryan spoke to northreach community church on the topic of raising younger children to give an overview and some easy-to-understand principles, including managing different temperaments, parenting on the same team, and being intentional. Today's broadcast is part one of this talk for Focus on the Family, Australia. I'm just going to start off with the parenting myths. One of the biggest things that we have is I should know all the answers. You know, sometimes people think, I'm a parent, it all should come naturally. Some people are very maternal, sometimes people aren't as maternal or paternal. The other thing is, Bringing up children is all up to me. You heard the expression, it's an old African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. Whatever community you belong to, it's a chance to glean different ideas and different thoughts and different aspects of how to do parenting. And, and when my wife and I, so we had three boys, we turned to... My uncle. My uncle and auntie had my three cousins, all boys, and uh, they were best mates. I came from three girls and they had three boys. So I went to him and I said, I love what you've done. You should write a book and tell us how to do it. And they did write a book, by the way. And uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Going to people who've gone ahead of you who've done it well. Go ask them how they did it because that's how you glean your information. Mm. Don't ever feel like you're being a failure just because you go and ask someone else because that's the smart thing to do. It is a real privilege and a great responsibility to bring up the next generation. And you have to remember that you are a steward of your kids. They don't belong to you. God has entrusted them into your care. And so take that responsibility seriously because it is incredible privilege. And one of the things that I found that they don't come with an instruction manual. The second child is different from the first child and the third child. But we do have an instruction manual. And for those who have got a faith, we believe there's some great sound advice on where we can get advice and how to do this well. Not specifics, because there's not really specifics, but there's guidelines to be able to manage the ins and outs. And we found as parents that we need God's help. We need his advice. We need his wisdom. And sometimes you just feel like, God, we need help. I remember when my boys were younger, about six, four, and two, and I rang up Kate and said, I'm just leaving. Is there anything you want to be picked up? She goes, if you're not home in 20 minutes, which child do you want to keep? And I said, well, obviously the nicest one. She goes, they're all the same. Get home. I was home within 15 minutes. Fortunately, we still got children. I'd said that I'd put them on the nature strip saying free to a good home. (laughs) But at that point, I think I didn't care whether they were a good home or not. But it was all in jest. I was never going to put them out on the nature strip. But there are times, you know, where where God actually knows our children better than we know them, for sure. And I don't know about anyone else in this room, but you have got to the end of your tether when you've got a screaming child. And you go, what am I going to do with Mm. this child? 
And I remember one time going into my bedroom and saying, God, you made this child. You know what's going to stop this. I cannot do anything. And if you don't do something, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am not joking. Three seconds later, my sister rings and says, what's wrong with the children? And I said, I don't know what to do. He's crying all the time. And she goes, put him in his cot, go outside, and I'll be there in two seconds. And I thought, you know, God's listening. He knows when we get to the end of our tether, you know, there are times where our children just cry and then somebody else walks in and they're calm and they stop just because they're calm. And so we need to be aware that we don't have all the answers and there are times where we just don't know. And it is hard. When I was a triage nurse at the Royal Children's Hospital, the parents would come in very anxious and very worried about their child and I'd take the baby in my arm and I'd start doing the triage and the baby would stop crying straight away. I was like the kid whisperer. You know, they go, what? How are you doing that? And sometimes just calmness can actually make a big difference because it is a lot of worry during parenting. And one of the things that many people refer to is from Proverbs, you know, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from them. When you unpack this verse a little bit more, it's actually train up a child in the way that they are naturally hardwired, the way that they are being created by and uniquely by God. Sometimes we could parent them not in the direction that they are designed to. So if you've got a kid who's an extrovert and you try and make them quiet you're going to be always at it. And you've got the second child that you might be wanting them to behave a certain way, but you have to discover who they are. And that may be a bit of trial and error. But I remember Kate was with a father who's, who had an, an introvert and he was an extrovert. Yeah, we, we had a bit of a conversation because he came up to me and said, I don't know what to do with my son. We're putting him in drama classes. We're getting him to do this because he's so introverted and we're both extroverts and all he wants to do is read and do music. And, and I said to him, what is it you're trying to achieve? Well, I want him to be more outgoing. And I said, but he was hardwired not to be outgoing. And I said, what are the things he loves? And he explained the things he loved. And I said, have you ever thought about taking him, say, because this was in Melbourne, to Hamer Hall and go to a concert because he was passionate about music? And I said, if you want to see your son thrive, work with the way God has made him. And I said, and then you will see him happy and fulfilled. I said, if you try and make him something he's not, you will end up frustrated and they will end up frustrated. And so you end up with this child who is constantly, you feel like they're trying to buck the system, but because you haven't made the effort to get to know either their language of love or their temperament, they are born with their temperament. Their personality will come out later, but their temperament is something they're born with. And if their innate you know, little temperament is that they are an introvert, you have no idea what God's got in store for them with that introverted little personality. And to be quite honest, we need there to be a mixture because they complement each other. You don't want a whole bunch of extroverts. Oh my goodness, nothing would ever get done because everyone would be trying to tell everybody what to do and it'd just be a nightmare. So we have to really look at what God has put into our children and how to make them thrive and not try and make them something they're not. 
get on board with what they love and you will have a ball. I said, teach him chess, go to the musicals, go to whatever it is and watch him unfold. And that was a revelation to him because he said, we've been trying to make him do this and do that. You know, so he makes lots of friends. Why does he have to have lots of friends? He could have one really close friend. We have to be very careful what we're trying to push our kids into. We have to learn what makes them tick. And that includes understanding training up a child in the way they are naturally hardwired. Because if you tell a kid who's an extrovert or an introvert, depending on which way it is, and you're disciplining them. So if you tell an introvert, go to your room, they're going to go, no worries. It's not really a punishment. But if you tell an extrovert, you can't go out with your friends. Oh, no! See how you've got to find things that work for you. But our role as parents and those who've got a faith is to impart that truth and include faith in everyday language. We're going to get into a little bit more on the what we're here because as mums and dads, one of the greatest things you can give to, especially if you're doing this together as mum and dad, is to love one another because your kids feel so much more secure and safer when they see mum and dad together. But if you're by yourself, you know, you still surround yourself with other community people, male and female role models. That's really important. But ideally, the best for your kids is to make them feel very secure knowing that mum and dad are in love. We shared this at the marriage retreat. Um, Brett and I were kissing in the kitchen. Which I highly recommend. And um, our 21-year-old took a photo, put it on social media and got all these likes and captioned it, mum and dad getting hot and heavy in the kitchen. He did that and then came into the kitchen and he sat down and he said, just watching you love each other makes me feel safe. He's 21. doesn't matter what age they are. To know that you love each other just makes them feel safe. It's a boundary and they feel safe within boundaries. They're always watching. And I would say for dads to be the type of husband that you want your daughters to marry and if you're a wife, be the type of wife you want your sons to marry, just be the best you can possibly be because kids will smell a hypocrite a mile away. So be all that you're meant to be because they're watching and observing the good and they're not so good. And at Focus, we have this idea of being informed, being involved, being intentional. Being informed is downloading information, which we're going to do tonight. There'll be a free downloads you can get as you require them on different resources. But the thing about being involved is actually understanding what makes your child tick. You know, being engaged with them. And everything has a purpose. Everything has an end in mind. For example, if you've got a child who's like four years of age and, and he says, Daddy, can you come and pick up the blocks with me or play with me? And you say, oh, no, not now, mate. You know, maybe a little bit later on. And then when he's about 10 or 12 and he says, Dad, can you come and play soccer with me? Oh, maybe a little bit later, mate. Just not now. And then when he's about 18 years of age and he comes up, Dad, Dad, you know what? I think I found the girl of my dreams. How do you know? And you go, well, that's a great question, son. That question won't take place because you weren't there with the 10-year-old kicking the soccer ball and you weren't there with the 4-year-old. Everything has an end game. Building relationship is so important. And we know that the firmer foundation and the healthier environment where kids feel loved and secure, not threatened, not out of fear, but out of relationship, kids do better in every area of their lives. So with our sons, we set up dates. So we would swap each month 
of who went on dates with the individuals. Really important because it builds relationship with them. It allows you to get to know them. It allows you to have fun. It allows you to just chat while you're doing something that they choose. You know, they choose things like um, going to the local courts and playing basketball. I was teaching, so going to school and play basketball. It was just, it didn't matter what it was. It was just to hang. And it meant that they got you all to themselves and not having to share. And you were interested in them. They got to choose, so you wanted to bless them with that. And also it teaches them a little bit of responsibility about that. And it just had that one-on-one, I am so looking forward to spending time with you. And we've done that right up. And so when my son got married, he and I went on our final date just before he got married and we went out for lunch. We did some shopping for the wedding and then we went to time zone and we played air hockey. And it was just so special. And I want to say this right up front because people say this all the time. Mums, you don't have to lose your sons when they go into their teen years because everyone goes, oh, the mothers are close to their daughters and the, the sons, they really pull away and then they're not close to their mothers. It doesn't have to be true. You can have a fantastic relationship with your sons. You're listening to Brett and Kate Ryan for Focus on the Family Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. My wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising younger children to give an overview and some easy-to-understand principles, including managing different temperaments, parenting on the same team, and being intentional. I've got three boys, all totally different personalities, and I'm close with them all. And so I want to encourage you with that because a lot of people who have boys go, oh, I really would have liked a girl because then I would have had this best friendship with her and... The number of people who actually said to me in the shopping centres, oh, you've got three boys, you poor thing. Do you want a girl? And I said, you're joking, right? I said, I've got the best three boys on the planet. Don't want to mess that up with any girl thing. And so my boys that's heard that. Girls aren't good, by the way. No, just it's not. Slip that one. It's, I mean, it's not. You've got a girl, that's okay. Don't ever let anybody say that about your child because they hear that. My boys kept hearing, do you want a girl? Like girls were better. And I had to always be saying, my boys are fantastic. So my boys heard that and daughters need to hear that too. These are the best kids. These are my kids. You know, they're great. We have to be really careful with language. Don't let anyone speak anything over your kids because they hear it. Just a nice little side note. Just the way that you speak about your children, especially if you're catching up with a friend or a girlfriend or a neighbour or whatever it is, and your kids are in the earshot, what are they hearing about? themselves you're like oh they're a nightmare you know or they might you might be saying it jokingly but those little things can mean a a great deal we all do better when we positively affirming if we're always sort of being critical and it might be joking 
But at the same time, you don't know what type of psyche that it's actually affecting them. So be very careful with your language. Little ones do not understand sarcasm. They take it very literally. The other thing about being intentional is having that end game. What type of young adult are you creating? Are they going to be self-sufficient, kind, considerate, thoughtful? So have an end in mind. And that's the reason why many young people today, unfortunately, are suffering from poor resilience and not being able to cope when things aren't going so well because we've made everything so easy. We have to be intentional about helping formulate some of the expectations or some of the consequences which we're going to talk about in a few moments. But this is having an end in mind. How are they going to be when they're coping when things aren't going so well? And when you've heard of the expression uh, helicopter parenting or you've heard of the expression lawnmower parenting, have you heard those two? The new one's drone parenting, by the way. Drone parenting is much more modern. Lawnmower parenting is actually making everything smooth. Everything's ironed out. The helicopter parenting or the bubble wrap parenting is meaning you don't want anything to happen to this little one, so you make everything, again, a little bit easier, and you hover around making sure they're going to be mistakes. These aren't really good and healthy for your kids. You have to allow them to grow up, and that's part of the process of being informed, understanding what makes them tick, being involved, enjoying their world. Our boys used to like doof-doof music. I don't like doof-doof music. It all sounds the same, but you know our boys are going, hey, Dad, listen to the drop. Sounds the same. But I'm involved in their world because as I'm involved in their world, it earns the right for me to speak into their world. So here's going to be a bunch of tips, and we'll go through them one by one. But parenting isn't for the faint-hearted. You need to actually know that it's the toughest job you're ever going to get. You don't get paid for it, which is a negative, obviously. Have you heard of the Gilmore Girl TV show? For those who don't know, there was a a 16-year-old girl had a baby. And then you fast forward 16 years and you see Lorelai, the mother, 32 years of age, and the daughter, 16. And everyone wanted to have a relationship like Lorelai with Rory. And the reason why I know this is because Kate has compulsively made our boys watch the Gilmore Girls. They're in touch with their feminine Feminine side. side. But everyone wanted this incredible relationship that they were just like best friends. They looked like sisters and they were best friends and everything like that. But they don't talk about the situation when later on, when the mother needed to speak to her daughter and just couldn't because she couldn't put the parenting hat on. We believe the best thing you can do is to be the child's parent first, not their friends. But the only thing that I would say, being their child's parent first and not their friend, the only way the thing is different, and this is blended families. And the blended family situation is that the biological of the parent is always going to be the parent, but the step-parent in this situation has to be more of the friend. And I could give you a whole lot of data to support this, but it doesn't matter where you start, there's a difference between the biological of the parent and the step-parenting. So if that's in your world, just being aware, sometimes you have to be the fun uncle or the the friend rather than the parent. And the biological parent is the one that does most of the discipline. That doesn't mean you can't reinforce and support and encourage, but that's one thing that's a big difference between being a parent and a step-parent. Kate had an example of this mother wanted her child to like her all the time. Yeah, being a teacher, of course, I saw many different parenting styles. And um, some very broken families, but the children, once they get to a certain age, start wanting things that they can't have. At school, they were required to have white runners. This girl kept coming in her multicoloured runners, 
And so after many times of a warning and then detention, I get a phone call from the mother and she says, why is my daughter getting detentions? And I said, well, I have sent the letter and said that she is required to get the runners. She said, I'll go out and get them with her. I said, that'd be great. Next day, she turns up and she has purple runners on. And I went, hmm, they appear to be new, darling, uh, but they're not white. And she goes, no, no, they're not. So I ring the mother and I say, your daughter turned up today in her purple runners. And she said, oh, yeah, she didn't want white. I was stunned. I was actually taken aback that the daughter had said, I don't want right runners, and the mother had gone okay. And I said to her, I'm sorry, but when you signed up for this school and you came to this school, you signed forms to say that your daughter would be wearing the correct uniform, as did your daughter. And I said, please go to the correct runners. Suffice it to say, she said, I can't do that because I want her to like me. Now, I had the privilege of being at the other end of that so I was where her daughter was a lot. And you know what the daughter was saying? I've got my mum wrapped around my little finger. I can do anything I like. And she had zero respect for her mother. And I actually told the mother that. I said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your daughter is saying this behind your back and you are losing all respect in her eyes. And she said, I can't do it. I found out a week later her mother had pulled her from the school because she didn't want to make her get the runners. That broke my heart because that mother who was desiring this relationship with her daughter had already lost her because she was never going to have any kind of relationship with her except a broken one because she was not being a parent. Parenting is tough. Let's face it, it's tough. I think one of the best things my mum ever said to me was, get the maybe out of your voice. So when you say something to your child and it's something like this, could you please go and pick that up for me? And they don't do it. Darling, could you please pick that up for me? They don't do it. Could you pick that up for me? The point is, could you please pick that up for me and bring it here? Thank you. And they go, oh. In school, it is exactly the same scenario. I had teachers who were totally disrespected and they said to me, what is it you do? And I said, I respect them. They respect me. I speak to them with respect and they respect me. And I said, and the thing is, if I ask them something, I expect it to be done. It's not an option. And I think we get lost in, oh, they're little but if you don't teach them when they're little to respect when you speak, they're not going to listen later on because they don't have that respect for you. And you say it nicely, you say, please bring that over here, darling, now. Giving them four or five options or four or five turns, they're not listening to you. You need to understand your child. If you have a child, let's say, who has an auditory processing problem, you don't expect them to do that right away. In fact, you need to get their attention. You need to have them looking at you. There's a whole lot of things that you need to know your child about before you do your discipline. So make sure you understand your child and their needs. If they've got special needs, then you need to understand those. Mm. But make sure 
that if your child doesn't have the special needs, that they understand exactly what you're asking them and get their attention. You know when someone speaks to you, so I'll speak to Brett while he's reading the paper. Do you know how, how much he hears of what I've said? Zero. The same is with the child. So if your child's doing something, get their attention first because you're expecting them to just disengage like that, but you don't disengage like that. You've got to show them the same respect. So if they're outside playing in the sandpit and they're totally lost and you call them and go, come inside, but they're busy doing that, you need to say their name, get them to look at you. Darling, in five minutes I want you to come inside. I've put a timer next to you because little ones don't know time, but they know a timer and when it beeps. So make sure you set specific things so they understand and it takes a lot of work. The hardest thing most parents are just, oh, just so hard work. How do you keep up? Consistency and persistency are the two best tools you can have. I hope the information you have heard has been helpful. I invite you to tune in next time for part two of this talk on parenting younger children. To enable us to continue to create and make available free resources and radio content for you and your family, please consider your support by going to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan, and you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.